God's intent in creating us was that we be one with him. That was God's intent. God's intent was that we use the gift of free will well, that we direct it toward him. And so that our life with him is like what Genesis describes before the fall. It says God and Adam would walk together in the cool mist of the garden. They'd, they'd talk, they'd take a walk. Sin got in the way. At some point, we chose our own way and our human nature got bent. It got broken. We became self-obsessive instead of God-obsessive. And it unleashed, quite literally, hell. The Old Testament is filled with story after story of unspeakable violence and terror. And in the midst of it, prophets like we heard in our first reading who are getting up and saying, it won't always be like this. And what we celebrate today is the beginning of the end of the enemy. The beginning of the end. That God's plan was such that he identified the three tools that our enemy has, right? Sin, suffering, and death. Those things did not exist before the fall. And they exist and they dominated the human experience. Each one of them causing permanent damage. Sin, suffering, and death. The tools of the evil one. And God decreed an end to those things, and it started with the day we celebrate today. The day when our Lord arrived on earth, fully God, fully man, to address those three enemies, those three tools of the enemy. It's a remarkable thing to think of, and, and I've been leading up to this in all the weeks during Advent. It's not what we would have done. It's not what I would have done. I would not have started this battle plan with a tiny baby, dependable, completely dependent, can't walk, can't do anything for itself, yet that's how God chose to come. And as we've heard thousands of times, but I don't think we think about enough, not in a palace, not surrounded by guards, but in the equivalent of a barn, guarded by shepherds. A remarkable thing our Lord did. And in the end, for you and I, if we look at those tools of the evil one, they're still active today, but they only have as much power as we give them. For example, suffering. Suffering is a reality humans will deal with until we die. Well, what did God do about suffering? Except from the moment he was born, experienced suffering. From the moment he was born, experienced the pains of human life. But every time Jesus suffered in a, as a human, he also suffered as a divine person. And in that, what he did was took human suffering and made it holy. That when we suffer, it's not an exercise in the futility of human existence. It's a chance to join God and the divine. See, my suffering has meaning. It is a means of growth. And it is a means that I can be like Christ, who suffered well, who did not run from suffering. He didn't run to it either. But when suffering came, our Lord endured it. 
and even used it as a way to save us. And that's where we get to death. And it didn't matter who you were before Jesus. It didn't matter who you were. You were going to die. And that seemed to be the end of it. And that was the defining element of human existence. And in the Old Testament, people wrote about this as well. So what did Jesus do? He died. He died. His human and divine nature joined together and he experienced death and he rose so that you and I can too. So that one day we close our eyes here and we open them and see him. The last enemy, of course, is sin, and that's the one we fear the least, right? That's the one we fear the least, even though it's the only one that can actually do permanent damage. But what is our remedy for that? Because we all sin. Some of us are very good at it. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just bringing it up. All kidding aside, what do we do about our sin? Well, it's quite simple. Just like our suffering, we give it to Christ. That the pent ultimate moment of his suffering was what? Except this, where he did what? Starting on Holy Thursday at the Last Supper, Jesus started to feel something he'd never felt before, and it was guilt. He'd never felt guilt before. You and I are so used to it, we don't even notice it. But it put Jesus in a spot where slowly he began to accumulate all the sins of the world to take them on to himself so that when he died, our sin died. And now when you and I sin, we can turn to Christ and say, forgive me. And make that resolution in our heart. I'm going to do better. I'll never give up this fight and trust that your sins are now dead. The devil had three tools and Jesus stripped him of each one and they only have the power now that we give them when we're frustrated by our sin we can remember this moment because we recognize i'm helpless in the face of some of my sins i don't seem able to stop on my own our helplessness is not a deterrent to the lord he doesn't need more willpower from you he needs more dependence on him that he who became tiny and needed to be carried, he gets it. Ask him to carry you. And when we're struggling with other people's sins, because those are a lot easier for us to think about if you're like me, yeah? When we're struggling with those sins, that's a time for mercy. Because mercy's been given to us. And who are we to not love like God loves us? And when it comes to suffering, we have to be brave. We have to recognize there's no other way to grow. It's that simple. And that when we suffer, we can say to Jesus, just like this, I join my sufferings to yours. And in the words of St. Paul and in the words of St. John Paul II, when we do that, we help him save the world. And when it comes to death, we can trust him. That if he'll do something so crazy as to become a baby, then there really isn't anything he won't do to keep us from him. I know that so much of your life now is filled with the noise 
of people telling you about this crisis and that crisis, about this horror, and oh, by the way, if that's not enough, there's a whole bunch of horrors coming. We would love to speculate on those for you now, yeah? Jesus wants you to hope. He wants you to know that there is no tool of the enemy that can defeat you, not because of you, but because of he who lives in you, he who was born in a stable, he who grew up and saved the world. What God wants, more than you want anything, is to be one with you, like he was with Adam before the fall. That's what he wants. God tends to get what he wants. But we gotta cooperate. We gotta remember when we sin, we've got a remedy. When we suffer, we have a purpose. And when we die, we have a God who wants us home. There is no force of evil in the world that you are powerless against because of Christ. And it all started with this day we celebrate. So I'm asking you to carry this in your heart, to lock it in there when other people want you afraid or angry. You are loved by love itself. And he has proven he will go to whatever length it takes to save you. So talk to him. Listen to him. When you need to repent, repent. When you're suffering, join him. And know that one day when we die, he'll join us. Amen.